As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. But for whoever leaked the video, <clears throat> it did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. It's an audio-less video. It's a video that cuts to me walking right to him. The video serves the purpose that it was supposed to serve. And it had me in the same mind state of like, wow. This is terrible. This is awful. And by the way, it is terrible and it is awful. Even when we make a run, we can't get a stop. You know, we typically you make a run. We did that by going zone a little bit. I thought that helped. Then they run off five points in a row. We're not ready yet. Honestly, we're just not. We're not ready to win yet. How do I sound now? I sound okay? Would you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Oh, it's a scary, scary times, man. You know, I didn't come here to preach to you today. Ready to rock and roll, everybody? I got it just downstairs. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's downstairs, but I thought okay. I'd change it up a little bit today. <laughs> man, how's man Philly going to be going nuts, man? Yeah. Yeah, they they kind of they kind of um, lucky that the uh, that the Sixers are lucky that the Phillies I'm, are having success. I was going to ask you that. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Like that's they got a they definitely caught a break. You know, big time. <laughs> this is crazy. What's up, man? How you doing, Keith? Oh, here's I'm, I'm well. I'm well. Nice. Uh, um, I, you, I was, was going to say if you wanted to just go now, because I know you got to yeah, yeah, be gotta out at 12.30. Okay. We'll try to All keep right. it for like half an hour. Right, you, got the, you got that international joint, Jade, so you got to. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate that one. <laughs> yeah, so you got to get there a little early. <laughs> a day early. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I wife. like Toronto, but I but it is a pain getting there for That's sure. My, my wife would be like, "We got to get there on Monday." I know we're leaving Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We ain't missing this flight. <laughs> no, that's a bad one. We we flew. To, we did a. We went to Calgary for a vacation many years ago. Um, nice. And we had to, but we flew through Toronto, yes. and dude, Thank we you. literally they had us sprinting from one end of the airport in Toronto to the other to make the connecting flight because they moved it up or something because we thought we had like an hour and a half and then it was like, no, you got half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like Home Alone. We were just like... (laughs) done that crazy mad sprint. (laughs) We can't miss this flight now. (laughs) There he is. 
He so, looks good. Yeah, was I, good. I, I, just, I just landed on a flight. Dude, you oh, in the, for real? Oh, wow. the airport, bro? No, I'm in the hotel lobby because these suckers ain't got my room yet. What? <laughs> it's because you were black, man. You know that. that. <laughs> Talk about check-in, 3 o'clock. Later, <laughs> later be luxuriating in his room by now. Bruh, right? <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, hey, we're ready to go. Hey, time. All right, I'm recording this, sir. Yes, sir. Right, Thank you. Go ahead. Right, here we go. Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comment is Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. I turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and like the bullshit and bracket, I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. With David, David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he yeah. got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in there. And Marcus Thompson. I just can't get with this idea of taking one hour of content yeah. and finding the morsel that might pop and blowing at it. Welcome to Hoop 5 4. We have ignition. And it is another edition of Hoops Chase. Hey, man. The comic is. David Olsen. What's up, sir? How are you on this wonderful debut of this? It is another Hoops Chase episode of the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldridge in DC. And we're back with another Hoops Adjacent edition of the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldridge here in DC. In the 602, the best pinch hitter in the game, my man Marcus Thompson. Because Slater can't make the game tonight in in Phoenix, so so you jumped on the jet plane, jumped on the private jet, and got there, Marcus. Yeah, you know the private jet. Uh, I don't don't have seating assignments. It's just pick pick as you go. You know that that private. <laughs> That's my jet. favorite one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I get to watch. I get to watch the uh, what was supposed to be the Western Conference Finals. Right, but <laughs> before somebody got pimp slapped by Dallas, but got all, uh, got all up in their feelings in the comments. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pinch hitting today. We in here. Uh, also, it's not also, hot, by the way. It's not hot at all. It's less. It, no, it's it's what is it like sixty? Fifty. Like 50, what the hell uh, is happening? I ain't I ain't been to Phoenix where I ain't sweating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And our guest this week from the Philly Inquirer, our guy Keith Pompey. Keith, thank you for joining us, bro. Thanks for having me, y'all. Of course, man. Of course. So we were talking before, um, and I wanted to ask you about this, man. How lucky are the Sixers that the Phillies are in the World Series and ain't nobody caring about Sixers right now in Philly? Yo, it's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, it's funny because it was a couple weeks ago where Daryl Morey asked me, he said, um, if we start oh and three is it going to be crazy in the city and then somebody said nah because you have the eagles right the eagles right. are off oh, right. the start. The eagles too. right and, right right, right. Yeah. and now you have the phillies so it's like i was like man he they're lucky i mean they're, they're lucky it's funny because when in the comments the fans are saying we worry about y'all later we don't care right now we'll come get y'all after the phillies win the super bowl i mean <laughs> man, so, that's, that, yeah that, they're that, they're, they're extremely lucky, dude. I'm, I'm serious. They're extremely lucky. Keith, that's like back in the day when you do something and you be in, and you getting in trouble, but, but your mama be like, when your daddy get home, you, you get the whooping. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're hoping Sixers, daddy falls straight to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. The Sixers better clean up home, the house. When daddy hit the, the spot before he comes home. And he... <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know, daddy, right? I cleaned up the whole house, man. I did all my chores. You a good kid between now and then. They better get it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've forgotten about yeah. I've forgotten about the Eagles. Yeah, man, they real lucky, man. No, dude, so what? So your stories are on like what D three right now? D five? Man, yeah, it's crazy. It's some of the, sometimes it's like we just running it online. Right, want to make the paper. You know, it's crazy. It's, right. yeah, it's man, so you don't funny. even fight no more, huh? You don't even nah, argue. What can right. you do? What can you do? Like, <laughs> You know? <laughs> Just make sure the check clears every two weeks, right? That's all you care. That's all we care about, man. So, man, they, so they finally got a win last night, but damn, they were, they are still, I mean, it's, they played better last night. I'll give them credit, but so walk, walk us through the MB thing, man. So how does, how does dude all of a sudden come up with plantar fasciitis on the start at, uh, at the beginning of the season? Like what's he been doing all summer? You know, it actually hasn't really done anything. Like apparently with it, when a couple, I want to say, it was probably like early August. Um, the Sixers all met in LA for like a, a mini camp, right? Yeah. And while they were there, that's when MB found out that his feet were just a little sore, and he just rested a little bit. And then he found that he had like a mild thing of the plantar fasciitis, right? Yeah. Um, he said he couldn't do anything. Now the crazy part is he joked so much. He kept telling everybody, "Look, y'all, all I did was sat in the couch all summer. That's all I did." People laughing, saying the guy is, is joking. He said, no, I'm being for real. I just sat on the couch. Right. So then all of a sudden, it, it got to a point, really, if you really want to be real, the people in Philly start turning on him. They start looking at MB, saying, here you go again. You're lazy. You know, you're not in shape. You're not doing anything. And then one day at practice, Doc, unsolicited, came out and said, now y'all know he's been dealing with this foot problem. And this is the reason why he's out of shape. So then people start, you know, writing that story. But beforehand, it was one of those things where they kept saying, we're not using anything as an excuse, this and that. But people are looking at the work that Harden put in. And then you're looking at MB, MB's complaining. And then all of a sudden, this story comes out. Yeah, I, I it, it's, man, I mean, I know, you know, feet are, for, are a real thing in the NBA. More, more guys get get out of the league for big of dudes. than anything else, right? Especially the big dudes. Um, so what's the? I mean, and I was told many years ago, there's nothing you can really do with plantar fasciitis. There's just not. You either rest it or you rupture it. There's only two outcomes for this, and he can't rest it. So how how limited is he? Is he going to be this season? You think? I mean, I think he's fine now because it was one of those things where I think like and what they kept saying is the key word was mild. They kept saying that. And and when he rested this offseason, um, you know, um, when he sat around, didn't do much of anything. I think it healed it a little bit. Now, what they did do is in two, he didn't play in two of the preseason games. Right. Like he didn't make one trip. But for the most part, they said it really hasn't hindered him in practices. Right now, it's just a matter of getting him back in shape. You know, now when you see the guy now, most of the times he's walking around in slippers and all this to keep, you know, to make sure his feet are comfortable. But, you know, un unless it takes a turn for the worst, DA, like this guy has been through so many things that I just chalked this up as something else that he's just going to have to overcome. 
And and I think he wants to play a lot, you know, because let's face it, the knock on this guy is he's always injured and is he going to contribute? And I think he's getting tired of hearing that right about now. I mean, think about this universe where James Harden is the one in shape <laughs> and right. Joel Embiid is not, right? Uh, and to me, as much as I man, as much as I want Philly to to finally win a chip, it feels like this is another sign of how they just can't get right from life. Right, this can't get right. H- how is this even possible? James Harden went to the lab and got himself ready. You, this is what he's been asking for. This is what he's been waiting for. Right. I, I don't understand that even the idea of of sitting the whole time. And I ain't really, I ain't fully buying Doc, but you're right with Embiid. I mean, this is his whole history, but this is just so weird to me. You got a real chance to be probably the best team he's ever had. I, I'm just confused by this. Yeah, I, you know what I and, and the thing about with the whole buying thing, I, I get you a little bit. Like, is it, 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 there there is some truth, but there is some there is some yeah, like yeah. The sky is falling. Yeah, yeah. So we got that's it. one of the things. Like, it's the truth. Yeah. But, there's something yeah. else there, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Something else there, right? Um, you know, the, the the funny thing about Harden is, you know, I I think like last year, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, we saw him, and we were like, yo, this the dude that they picked up, <laughs> like right. this guy, right. like you know, what I mean, he looked, he was he was horrible, man, at certain times, and and I think that you know, not just the Philly media, but I think everyone, people came down on. Him. And he, and he said to himself, like, I got to do it. Now, the funny part about him is it's like, you know, you heard you you hear so much about Harton, right? You hear that, like, Harton likes partying. He does all this other stuff. You know, I, I read articles where he shows up late for the plane, all that, right? Well, I'm talking to the young guys on the team. they like, yo, man, James is cool. James is and like he's organizing team functions and it's not like at the club. But it's like other things to do. It's like James is early for the plane. James is this. And I'm like, Harden? You talking about this guy? And they're like, yeah, Keith. So it's kind of like, it's funny. Like, he became the leader of this team right now. You know, Mm -hmm. he's like organizing everything. And I also think that, let's face it, y'all. Like, if it, it, I'm not saying he hit rock bottom, but it's one of those things where if it didn't work out for him with the Sixers, he probably wouldn't get another max deal, nah, right? Yeah, he just wouldn't. Right. And I and I think that sometimes you get a little bit of motivate. You get motivated by the stuff that's written about you and what people are saying about you. And you know he he holds the ball, he dribbles the ball a lot, but at the same time, you know their their failures has nothing to do with James. I mean, he he basically brought him back last night. Yeah. What? So. Where, oh, oh, go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead. So what? When you know you. We're four games in, right? So mm-hmm. no panic buttons are being pushed. But it looks like just watching them play, there's still a lot they got to figure out, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, obviously we knew Tyrese Maxey was taking a step up, but, you know, P.J. Tucker is new. You know, the bench is kind of weird. Like, they, it seems like they're figuring it out. What are they playing, like seven guys, eight guys early? Uh, you know, I guess Trez is getting a little bit of burn, but it feels like they're not – as deep as I thought they would be, did I freeze? Nah. Oh, okay. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, there y'all go. Uh, so, what? What's? 
what's going on like behind the scenes and how are they kind of figuring out the rotations? And there, there are several new players on this roster that need to play well. How much of that is the impact is, is a product of what we're seeing right now from them? It is, but also I think, I think a, a huge problem is that when we look at this starting backcourt of Harden and Maxi, neither one of both of them are offensive players. Like they, they're not defending is their weakness. So what they're trying to do is like that, that perimeter defense is horrible. I mean, people are attacking it. And what it is, is it's literally, you'll see guys running back on transition, PJ Tucker and other people. And then they turn around like, Oh, I got to get out there. And then they're running out there and somebody already done fired a wide open three. Right. So that's the main problem. Another thing is, you know, they, they, they got, um, Daniel, um, uh, Daniel House. They have the Anthony Melton and PJ, and they right. also have Montrez. These guys, believe it or not, are the first four guys. Well, the three of them, PJ starts. The other three are the um, first three guys off the bench, right? Well, it just seems like it's, it's just not working. Like when when they came in, everybody was saying they were going to bring toughness. They was going to do this. Well, it looked like the same old Seventy Sixers. But you have to get these guys adjusted in there. But at the same time, you're not playing like Matisse Thibel. So it, right. it, the defense is horrible, man. I mean, it's just that right now when you look at P.J., you know, P.J., you think of P.J. as a, a power forward, right? Undersized power forward. Well, but they have him playing the three. So and then they also have Tobias, you know. So there's really the only real two defenders they have is P.J., who's slightly playing out of position, and then they have Joel Embiid, and then when you bring in um, Montrez Harrell, he's a, a scorer. He's not a defender. You right. know what I mean? So I, I think that they have a lot of holes on this defense, and everybody was saying toughness, toughness, but I just don't see it just yet. And, and again, the guys that Doc has, this is a problem that they had. The holdovers besides um, – besides George Niang, they're not getting any burn. So if that continues, you're going to be fearful of maybe losing the locker room a little bit because you're going to have certain guys saying, yo, I'm in my last year of this deal. How come I'm not playing? You know, that everybody's nice, but they can say that. Well, I, I wondered about that, but but also, like, the whole reason they made all those trades and they brought PJ in and they brought Melton in was because they couldn't make no threes last year. <laughs> like yeah. they would swing the ball to Tybal, they'd swing the ball to Niang in the playoffs, and nothing was happening. You know, so that's what I thought. Okay, well, at least they're gonna make some threes this year, but no. they ain't making no threes either. No, you know, so what's that's what I don't understand. Like I figured the ball would move, they would the swing swing to the corner to the opposite corner would be PJ Tucker this year or DeAnthony Milton this year, and those guys shoot threes at a pretty high clip. And they're not so far. And I just, that just, that's what's odd to me, Keith, about their start so far. The only time that they had ball movement was last night. And that was against, you know, the, the Indiana Pacers who like basically tank and let's keep it 100. Right. Yeah, so they yeah. had, they, they had pretty good ball movement in the first half. In the second half, it kind of like, you know what? It was like the first half, we're going to show that we can do this against this team. And then yeah. I felt like in the second half, guys were like, I got to get mine. I got to get mine. And then what like, game? Damn. It, that's what it seemed like, man, because they shot, they shot, they shot 19 for 43 on threes. 
you know, the percentage was a season high. The attempts were a season high. And so were the made threes, right? And the second, so then the bench, those guys we're talking about, and all these other guys was hitting shots. And then in the second half, their reserves only shot two for nine combined, right? They weren't getting those looks anymore. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you, you have them, but you're not utilizing what they can do because I feel like the ball is 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 sticking. They're not finding it. And it just seemed like in the first half, they were they looked good. But then after that, they took and reverted back to the, the team that they were the first three games. That's crazy, man. Game four, people already already looking at numbers, already looking at the box score. So are they playing P.J. at the five at all? Because that was another thing I thought that they would be doing this year. Now, this is the thing. They they, they do have them at the five. When they played um, – when when they the second game of the season against Milwaukee, they, they were getting blown out. They were down by 16, and they took the lead when they had P.J. at the five. They had a small ball lineup. And, yeah. that, and at that point, the ball movement was good as well. They were getting steals and everything like that. But so, you know, he has been, um, I guess Montrez is the backup center. But when they go small ball, is all about P.J., you know, doing that. And that, that small ball lineup has been really good, but they just don't do it enough. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So what's the, what's the pressure like on Doc right now? Because... Obviously, you know, there's been this whole kind of shadow government theory about the 76ers and Mike D'Antoni and all that <laughs> waiting in the wings. So is that is that real pressure or is it just the normal pressure of you have a good team that hasn't really done much in the playoffs the last three years? You know, I think the pressure is real. And and, and the reason being is because, like, we know, I mean, we, we, we're talking about um, – you know, last summer, Dan Tony, everybody was saying this. And let's face it, you know, Doc could have been in L.A. if they could have made a trade. If if, if they had some assets, right. Doc was going right. to be the Lakers coach, right? Um, so so now you bring it in this year and, and you look at it. And as much as Daryl Morey doesn't want to say this is, is true, it's the Houston Rockets Northeast, right? They got everybody there. And, and when you look at it, James has become the leader. James has the ball in his hands. And and the way they look at it, I, I honestly believe that, you know, moving forward, if Doc is fired, it's going to be someone that's going to help James out. You know, I, I feel like that that that's just the way it looks. You look at PJ, you look at all these other guys who play well with him. So, yeah, that pressure is real. And not only that, you know, you, you look at the fans and they're all saying, OK, well, James looks good. He's scoring points. Um, it has to be the coach. And, and and I think, you know, as, as that gets louder and louder, you know, people tend to react to it. Now, do I think it's Doc's fault, all of it? No, I don't. I, I feel like you went out here and you got these guys and they're not being utilized the way that they should be. And it's mm-hmm. not because of Doc, because Doc is the one telling them to swing the ball. It's just not happening. 
But I feel like, yeah, if if, if they struggle, it, it is going to be Doc. And, D.A., I will say something. You remember a couple of years ago, you were on the Sixers call and um, for the playoffs, right? Yeah, and it was yeah. the second round, and I asked Doc. I said, Doc, you know, do you feel that pressure getting out of the second round? And he looked at me like I was crazy, and they lost. And then right. last year, they lost. And, you know, they've only been out – the last time they've been out of the second round is when they went to the championship in 2001. That got Brett Brown fired, Right. So now you got Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, and they haven't been further than Brett Brown. So, yeah, right. if they struggle, Doc is going to be in trouble, man. That's so what, what's interesting to me is, you know, the swapping out of the incumbent reserves for the new ones. And, you know, they're all Morey guys. But, like, for instance, Matisse Tybo averaged 25 minutes last year. And now that dude is straight goat. Like, he's in exile. And I know he started diminishing minutes in the playoffs last year, but is he just done? Are they – like, you talked about defense, right? You talked about how they can't guard anybody. He kind of used to be the answer for that. That's weird that he's losing out to Daniel House. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy because, you know, it was funny because I asked Doc one day, I said, um, are you going to, like, tweak – are you going to, like, after after they were, you know, getting threes bombed on him one day, I said, you going to go tweak the uh, the rotation? And he said no. And then asked him about Matisse, and he says, well, they're ahead of him right now. And it's, it's kind of – it's weird because, you know, you look at it and you and you saw when they played Boston, you know, Jay, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 70. And Matisse played, what, 20, 27 seconds of that game? And you're like saying to yourself, I'm sure he's going to get in this game. I'm sure he's going to play. And then the next game he played, what, 30 or, or seven seconds. So it, it it is a bad look. And and I also think that when you we're talking about this and then you know the players in the locker room are talking about it, like especially the holdovers. So to me that, you know, that as long as Matisse doesn't play and we all know that he's one of the best defenders in the league, that's going to tear apart the locker room after a while because they're all looking at it like, yo, he's by far our best perimeter yeah. defender and yeah. we're just getting threes bombed on this left and right. So, you know, I, I, as I think somebody's going to have to mess up, but I think after a while it's going to come to a point where they're going to have to play this guy. They're going to have to. I mean, if he doesn't play, I, I would imagine, you know, at some point he's going to want to, go somewhere where he can't play. Right. So, and, and I get, by the way, I get what Philly, I get why they made the moves they made this summer, like we talked about, but, but something's got to give in that regard. Don't you think? And and not just him, but some of the other guys that played last year that just aren't getting a lot of burn. Um, those guys are going to want to be somewhere where they can play. Right. Exactly. And and you look at Matisse, you know, he's going to be a re a restricted free agent. They didn't pick up, you know, they didn't give him an extension. You look at um, Shake Milton, who's probably their best scorer off the bench. They just scored. You know, he got, what, uh, six minutes last night, but before that he didn't play. He's a guy that when you look at it, you know, they picked up his option. And he's probably saying, well, why did you pick up my option if you're not going to play me? So, yeah, and then Furkan Korkmaz is looking at the writing on the wall as well. And so, yeah, they, they're all going to want to, you know, go elsewhere after a while, you assume. 
You know what I mean? Because I mean, right now, let's face it, y'all, y'all been in locker rooms for a long, long time, longer than me. Guys say every all the right things when they're amongst their teammates. But once they get home or once you pull them to the side, then yeah. all of a sudden the truth comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe off the record or, you know, pillow talk with their wives and girls, they're going to say the real things. And guys are looking at their future saying, how am I going to get paid if I'm sitting on a bench? All I'm going to be is a minimum salary dude once I get my next contract. So, yeah, they, they're going to want to play. They're going to definitely going to want to play. I mean, look at these, look at these minutes, D.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shake has played six minutes this season. Yeah. Matisse has played six minutes. Paul Reed, 14 minutes. Like, yeah. hey, you know. No, they're not uh, playing. Corkmaz, two minutes. Right. They're not. Like, and if they were winning, that would be one thing. But they ain't winning either. You know what I mean? So, that's the problem. Like, you these jokers can't even get, uh, like, garbage minutes. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's two way players getting more run. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And then the funny part about it is like M- Matisse spent all summer working on his offense, right? Yeah. Like he worked out with Dane, he worked out with Demar Derozan, right? And the first the first couple preseason games he struggled, but then the last two he was three for five on threes, right? Yeah. You look at look at Shake. Shake added like ten pounds of muscle. He was like over there every day at the practice facility. So all these guys were being commended um, for what they did in the offseason and the preseason. And Shake in the preseason, the crazy part about it was he was like arguably their best player coming off the bench. And then here's something else, y'all. You, you look at uh, Paul Reed. He was the backup center in the preseason. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody was kind of like shocked when we saw a Montrez Harrell coming off the bench. Right, right. You know what I mean? So it, it like these guys are, and, and when you talk to them, they like, well, we, we don't know. We know we, we, we're just keeping, we're just going to stay ready. We're just going to stay ready. So, you know, it's just been a lot of things that's going on that is a little bit confusing to the players. Yeah. Hey, where is the, where is the status of the, of the NBA investigation? <laughs> Into the Harden contract. <laughs> Where you know, is that right now? I don't know. You would you would think they would have something soon, right? Yeah. I mean, last time you asked me, oh yeah, we're still investigating. <laughs> How we're much still- investigating do you have to do? It's like three people involved. Just ask them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. That's why I was shocked when when Harden Harden said to the athletics, to y'all said, um, yeah, people don't give me credit enough credit for getting these guys here. I'm like, oh. James, you know. James, don't, James, stop talking. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know what the funny part was? The funny part was this summer is like whenever you ask guys about coming here, they're like, uh, uh, well, you know, we didn't know anything about this. It was, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, we, we, you know, we just felt it was a, it was a perfect fit for me and, and da da da, and he was like, "All right, I get you. I understand what you're saying." <laughs> uh, they got the memo. James didn't. <laughs> Isn't the penalty fix? Uh-huh. Wouldn't the yeah. penalty be draft picks? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, 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 James Harden don't care about no picks, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> you got that right. Like, he don't care about no picks. He's like, eh. I need y'all to know, I'm the, I'm the Don here. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. Wait a minute, his guy is leaving though, right? Is Michael Rubin cashing out? 
Yeah, he he yeah, he's done. He's done. Yeah. He he actually sold his shares. Get this, he got two hundred and fifty million dollars for that. Yeah, his shares. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh 250, 10%. But see, you know, he also, it was not, what they do is, in that ownership group, you also own the Devils. You own, like, oh, the, okay. uh, you know, um, a soccer team in Europe. But, yeah, $250 million. $250 million. Wow. Yeah. That must be nice. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, life is good. <laughs> man. So, let me get you out, because I know you got to run, man. You got to catch that, that, that flight this afternoon. But, um. It's so early in the season, so I don't want to like overreact, but that's what we do in this in this game. So yeah, we overreacted, buddy. It's over. <laughs> right, right. So what has to change? What's the first thing that has to change for them to kind of get right? You know, the the, the one thing I, I think that they need to the the main thing that has to change is I, I think the rotation has to change. I mean, that's the main thing, because like the big thing that we're sitting here and we're laughing about it is, is like, you know, they they struggle in perimeter defense. And you got a two time second team defender who only plays six minutes. I mean, that's the obvious thing. You know, number two is that I think that they got to keep with this. Can They got to play the way they played last year when James came. You know, you got to have him be more of a facilitator but then stick shots when he can. I mean, right now he's been extremely ball dominant for most of the chances, most of the time. And other guys are just looking around and they're not being involved. So I think that you got to switch up the rotation and then you got to have better ball movement for the Sixers to be successful. All right, my dude. Well, we're going to let, let, let uh, Keith get on his plane, Marcus. And Marcus got to bogart his way into his room. So, you know, because they're keeping him Man. down. Man, yeah, they're going to give me that room right at tip-off. You, like you, Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop, waiting you for, waiting for your room, man. Come on, man. Keith, man, can you make a call so I can get a room, bro? <laughs> I wish on, I man. had that type of clout. Man, <laughs> Come on, Keith, you know you got it. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'll make a call for you. Which give me that give me that number off the air. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him right now. <laughs> say you, with, you say you with Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> exactly right. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> the New York, I was gonna say New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, man, thank you for jumping in, man. Appreciate you. And have safe travels all season, man. We'll get back to you sometime during the year. And uh, after the series, when people focus on your team and start, and the booze start raining down. <laughs> yeah. Wells yeah. Fargo. Hang in there, Keith. The title coming. It's coming, uh, I, I, Not this year. I think they still going nah. to go in the second round this year. Damn. That's just me. That's just no me. confidence. Damn. All right, yeah. all right. All right. He ain't inspired at all by the Phillies. Huh? Ain't, the, ain't nobody. The Jalen Hurts magic don't transfer to the Sixers. Huh? All right. It's, it's all about Jalen Hurts and Bryce Harper this year. Ain't nobody can do it. All right. All right, y'all. All right, all right. All right. All right y'all. Leave that five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you get this fine American podcast. Marcus, if they can't leave five stars on the review, what do they need to do? They need to keep it to themselves or they're going to be stuck in the line be like me wait for a room <laughs> sleepy as hell want a little quick nap before shoot around but it ain't gonna happen that's your life if you leave less than a five star review there's so much for you to do in phoenix before shoot around with poor guy poor guy not at like 8 30 something <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you, man. 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 Th